I'm Jasmine. I'm Alyssa. I'm Rhiannon. And this is Books Books Between Between Sisters. I'm trying to wake Rhiannon up. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm poking her. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome to this uh, snowy, snowy day. Um, I'm very in, upset about that. In December. Just starting off December. November 30th, November- we got oh, snow. Yeah. November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> I know, which is weird because like the last like two three years has been like march or (laughs) february yeah really late snow but yeah no it came early we really did just like skip right over fall and was like literally full on i feel like just like a couple episodes i think i said this last episode but it was really hot in october still Mm -hmm. feeling like summer and then now end of november it's snowing so yeah yeah, where did where did the fall go (laughs) i don't i don't understand crazy washington weather do you like the snowy? No. <laughs> well, I do, but I don't like driving in it. Yeah. Yeah. It is very beautiful, but yeah, very, very deadly. Treacherous. <laughs> yeah. Ashlyn's school got canceled yesterday. Yeah. And uh, she was not happy about that. But uh-huh. it's just, yeah, um, we haven't even, we're not even in winter yet. Winter doesn't start till December 21st, I believe. So it's going to be interesting to see how winter goes if this is the fall. Yeah. I remember loving snow days. She'll grow to love them. <laughs> she, she's still in like, she's kindergarten, right? So yeah. that's still like the fun grade. Like you don't have much responsibilities yet. And like homework is super easy and yeah. all that. So it's still fun. But when she gets into like the higher grade, she'll just be like, snow day. Yes. Yeah. No school. I don't get snow days anymore because I work from home, so you can't really be like, oh, snow day, <laughs> can't work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's she needs to live it up while she has those. Yeah, that just, so now it's just snow day, my kid's home, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm trying to work. Uh, yeah, that's the struggle bus right yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, well, you guys been up to anything fun? Not really. I mean, reading, as always. <laughs> That's like a consistent thing. And otherwise, no. But you guys recently went to a trivia night, huh? We did. Yeah, it was Disney trivia. And I I thought, like, between me and Rhiannon, mm-hmm. we grew up on Disney. We love Disney. You know, like, there, there can't be that many people that go to that specific trivia that are as into Disney as we are. <laughs> we got 54 questions out of 60 correct. Wow. We missed six questions. Six. That's it. Wow. We were fourth place. Fourth place? Wow. How? Tell me how. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like some people were cheating. <laughs> that's how I felt. Low key. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have any proof, but the... The winning team got 59 out of 60, right? Mm -hmm. They only missed one question. 
only missed one question and i'm like how how is that possible and these aren't even like like these are all disney adults because it's in a bar so <laughs> right like, it's not like you're competing against kids who like all they do all day is watch disney movies yeah and... well and i mean i get it they announced it ahead of time what the topic is gonna be yeah but that was the day that it started snowing and so i was like oh great this is gonna deter some people from coming in to yeah. do the trivia nope we still were fourth wow like, this is an example of a question that we got wrong. Um, in Bambi, what was the first word that Bambi learned that Thumper taught Bambi? Multiple choice. So, oh, uh, choice? flower, dog, cat, or bird? I would have said flower for sure. <laughs> you said you would say flower? Yeah. That's what we said. Yep. Correct answer? Bird. Bird. Which wow. kind of rings some bells for me. I haven't watched that movie in forever. Yeah. But yeah, that's what. So and then in the second section of trivia, it's all about music. And so mm -hmm. they played songs for movies. You just oh. had to write down the name of the. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, they played Turning Red and mm -hmm. Encanto. And mm -hmm. what's the other new one? I played From Soul. From Soul, yeah, or in Wreck-It Ralph. I'm like, okay, we got this on lock. Like, we're great with music. This is where people are probably going to start faltering. 54 out of 60, we got fourth place. Wow. That's tragic. You know when you start so winning confident. prizes? You said what? You know when you start winning prizes? When? Third place. Oh. <laughs> so close. All I'm going to say is I saw someone on their phone. I'm not going to say they were looking up answers, but oh. they had their phone out and they're not supposed to. Ooh, I would have called them out. You could have got third place. Yeah. <laughs> were they one of the teams that won? Yeah, I'm pleased they got third place. Rhiannon. I would have called out cheater. Yeah. Cheater. <laughs> nah, like Jasmine said, like we might have gotten fourth place, but we did it with honesty. So. Yeah. We can know in our hearts that we are the true Disney geniuses. I will say the music recognition, we got all 20 questions right. Nice. Was it so did they just play snippets of songs and then you had to guess it based off of the snippet of it? It or... was long snippets. Oh, I mean, okay. so yeah. you could clearly like hear what song it was. It Absolutely. Like two seconds into the song. <laughs> what no, is this? <laughs> but I would have killed that too, probably. Have mm -hmm. you guys played Hurdle? It's um, no. It's like a music version of Wordle. And I don't know what that is too. You've what? never played Wordle? No. Wordle's where it's a daily I think New York Times owns oh, it okay. now. But you just go on and you there's a five letter word mm -hmm. and you have to guess it within six attempts, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you just type in any random five letter word to start with and it'll get turn letters green if you've got them in the correct place in the word okay. or it'll turn it yellow if the letter is in the word but yeah. you have it in the wrong spot and it'll turn gray if the letter is not in the word yeah so okay. you have to i have i think yeah. i have played that i just didn't realize that's what it was called yeah so hurdle is where you get one second of a song mm -hmm. uh starting to play and you can guess what that song is or pass and then you get another second of the song added and you get i think six attempts again of um trying to guess the song the very first time i played it was britney spears mm. uh hit me one more time i got it in the first second <laughs> yeah that was it that was literally it and i was like oh my gosh i'm a genius at this <laughs> 
and then i've not got it ever since i've not guessed oh, the song no. <laughs> they do that a lot on cruises like different they have different like well one they had 90 songs and they did like i think it's two seconds or something of the song um and then they had like a beatles one and i was just horrible i i was like i shouldn't be here <laughs> oh rihanna would have got the beatles yeah I she would have i didn't even recognize half of them because it was like it wasn't like they're like most popular songs it was like all these obscure ones off of random albums and i'm like whoa what is this <laughs> are you sure this is the beatles <laughs> that's funny <laughs> So welcome everybody to another episode of Books Between Sisters. We have a very exciting episode here today because we are being joined by an author. We have Natalie Hibbard here with us. Uh, welcome, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Sure. Um, so hi, everyone. Um, my name is Natalie and I'm from Petersfield, which is a town near Portsmouth in England. So we've had to do a lot of uh, moving around and stuff with the time difference yeah. to get here. So I'm so excited to finally be here. <laughs> and um, thanks so much for putting the effort in, guys. I hope I can live up to the, uh, live up to the struggle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Already you have. <laughs> um but yeah it's uh 11 o'clock our time pacific standard and natalie i think it's seven o'clock your time a little after seven yeah right? yeah just after seven sorry. yes that's so funny you're just you're getting done with your day we're just starting our day <laughs> yeah um well, we are here talking with you because you have two books uh, that have been published, um, and it's the Inside series. So the, your first book, uh, the uh, Inside Out, and then your second book, Family Ties. So um, we don't want to give too much away about your second book because we want, you know, all of our listeners to have a chance to read your first book. Um, but give us, if you could give us a little bit of a um, like synopsis of your inside series, what's it all about? Sure. So um, the series is set in a world um, that's divided uh, very sharply into two, two different fractions, two different sides. You've got the insiders who are, the ruling class, and they see themselves as superior. Um, and then you have the outsiders who see themselves as kind of the um, the underdogs. They're kind of downtrodden. And um, from birth, whichever side of the divide you fall on, you are brought up to hate the other side like poison. Um, and the tensions have been escalating and escalating and escalating for a while. And close to the start of book one, um, the insider government decides that the only way they're going to control the outsiders is to uh, send a spy in on their behalf. Uh, and they choose who I can, I think, without giving too much away, I can state that uh, the choice they make is not exactly um, what you would expect um, for a spy with such a risky assignment. And uh, that plan goes about as well as could be expected, i.e. not very. <laughs> and um, things, things kind of um, 
the tension goes uphill and the uh, scenarios that the characters find themselves in go downhill from that point. And uh, there's lots of violence and fun stuff like that. So yeah. come and join the crazy train, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We have a lot going on. We have spies. We have uh, love triangles. We have... Um, we have um, friend like a really good group of friends. Um, yeah, just just a lot of, of fun stuff going on in this book. Um, yeah. I wanted to know though, um, what was did you have like one character that you started off with um, that you started developing, or how did that come about? It's a really, really great question because um, my characters are some of my favorite people in the world. Um, and when I was a child, I had a lot of imaginary friends and the core group of six um, best friends that live on the inside have been my imaginary friends since I was about five. Uh, we've sort of grow grown up together in a, in a way. Um, and the story has got a lot more complicated since then. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, we sort of, yeah, we sort of grew up together. And then sort of from there, I kind of ex extrapolated um, their families and their friends. Um, but everything really kind of started from that core group. I think because as a child, I didn't have that kind of core group, but I really sort of... I thought it'd be really cool, so I was like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just imagine my way there." And uh, you know, it's been what's it been now? <laughs> Almost twenty years. So <laughs> we've had a good run, yeah. them and I. We go back a long way. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. And so, what you just said with you basically grew up with these characters in the book. Um, are they assumed to have grown up together as well um, as this core group of friends, or? Uh, I guess what's more of the dynamic there? Because they are very close as we're reading the book. How did they get there? Yeah, that's a, another really great question. Um, and it's a question I kind of, when I was writing the series, I had all these cards and I had to decide which ones to hold back because I'm intending to do a four book series and oh. which ones to give straight away. Um, and the dynamics between them and how that came to be is something that I'm, sort of really planning to to um explore in the later books but um okay yeah they have been they go back a long way um, and they've been through even before the story starts they've been through some stuff together um which is why you know they as you say they are extremely close and they would i'm gonna word this very carefully because i don't want to give too much away uh, but most of them, I think, would believe that they know the other ones inside out. Uh, pun very much intended, ladies. Right. <laughs> um, and I, um, I think they'd be rather surprised um, to discover that perhaps they don't know each other as well as they thought. Oh, that's very intriguing. But... <laughs> more to come <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but um makes me really happy that you guys have picked up on how close they are from just reading the first two books because it's one of those things i really wanted to like see 
um, from the author, and I could go on about them for like the whole book, and I had to like really sort of rein myself in. So I'm really glad that you guys have picked up on that sort of straight away. We did, yeah. Um, I guess this is kind of on topic, but um, the other thing that kind of brings them, it seems like, together is they have a band uh, together as they well, do. the Wild Ones. Yeah, and this yeah. is just a. I just. In my head, I just wanted to put something to the to the music. What um, genre of music do you imagine that they're they're playing? Like, yeah. Oh man, that's <laughs> such an awesome question. I love that question. Um, I've never had it before, um, but I do have an answer for it. Um, I am at, so I've been waiting for this moment for my entire career. Um, I'm very I'm very excited um, to get to answer it. So I imagine kind of a pop rock kind of setup that they have going on uh but liam who is the guitarist and he also writes most of the songs he can also he is very clever at doing just like stripped down acoustic versions of, of things like that so i imagine kind of this really kind of high energy and also kind of high drama because you know teenage bands so the angst is real at <laughs> Um, yeah, and he in particular, again, without giving too much away, Paul Liam has uh, rather a few affairs of the heart to work out. Okay. Bless him. Well, yeah, <laughs> you. So he uses his, you know, I kind of feel sort of like, yeah, sort of pop rock, uh, stuff like that, stuff that's way cooler than most of the stuff that I like. Oh. <laughs> I was not cool when I was 16. I am not cool now. Uh, but I imagine that they have a lot more cool um, discography than me. I'm right there with you. I definitely not in the cool club, but I would love to imagine being in a band. And mm -hmm. it was kind of fun, you know, reading about them doing that and kind of living that cool high school. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so fun. It's something that I really wanted to do um, when I was sort of that age, despite the fact that I cannot play any instrument. Um, and like, I, so, you know, it'd kind of be impossible, <laughs> but I did used to like, um, just like imagining it and just like to like, just get into my like stride. So again, the singing and the music is something I could go on for pages and pages and pages about. So I had to sort of rein myself in, keep some of the cards back. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need like a, uh, so maybe not part of your four part book series, but like an extra book on the side where it's all about their band. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have them go on a tour. Yeah, I'll be like, right, lads. Let's, let's, or one of my friends um, plays the guitar, and sometimes I say to him, if you had um, lyrics like this, what kind of tune would you do for it? And he'll show me. I'll be like, yes, that's it. So I have it sort of in my head when I'm tapping it out. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I like this. There we uh, go. But we no, I would. <laughs> really love to do like a tour or a tour mini series like that's one of the many many things i'd love to do and i'm kind of i really really don't want to stop so when it gets to the end of the four books i'm gonna be like right how do i get to stay here as long as i want right and uh, yeah a mini series about the, the many misadventures of the wild ones would be <laughs> would be quite good i was not wild as a teenager so living vicariously yeah. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah like i think the most rebellious thing i ever did as a teenager was that i once 
um, pretended that I'd been snowed in when I hadn't, so I didn't have to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> that was the height of my teenage rebellion. I that love it. <laughs> and I lived too far away for them to know because I lived, this is totally off topic, but I lived three quarters of an hour away from my school. So if oh, I wow. said, oh, yeah, I'm snowed in, I can't get to school. Everyone would just leave me, and it was fantastic. I didn't have to come in. It was so great. <laughs> they were none the wiser. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, there's like less than a centimeter of snow, and I'm just sitting there, like, yeah. yeah. I can't get to school. <laughs> now I'm like looking out the window. Yeah, now I'm all good. But a really long bus ride in, so I had to have some perks. Right. And that was one. When it snowed, I could lie and pretend, but the snow was worse than it was. Sorry, guys, if you're listening, by the way. So rebellious. Yeah, that was the height of my teenage rebellion. All my friends were a lot much cooler than me. Much, much cooler than me. And um, I told them on the last day that I'd never had a detention. Um, and one of my friends declared that I must either be an angel or a mutant. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's something to be proud like, how of. Do you, how do you even like do that? Like that's like mad. And I was like, I know. I don't know. Sort of how. If you just, I guess, really like super nerdy and uncool. So to get to live sort of through slightly cooler people. I mean, although they are also quite odd and weird. Because um, I like odd. I like odd and weird people. So I would kind of collect them like little jewels and I put them in my books sometimes. <laughs> I love it. You know what? The older I get, the more I'm like, people who follow the rule, like don't get in trouble. Those are the actually, actually the cool kids. Like you save yourself so much strife and heartache. <laughs> if you just... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did save myself a lot of like, um, when my other friends would like be in detentions and stuff and I would be sitting in the lunch hall writing the stories in my notepads so I was like I'm too busy for detention guys I'm concentrating on my career right thank you very much <laughs> when I was like 10 <laughs> so you know it's all you know it's all well and good it all what goes around comes around I'm still you know I'm still a rule follower although I'm not quite as chronic a rule follower as I was when I was at school yeah so <laughs> Well, that leads me into another question, because you just mentioned, you know, you're 10 years old, you're sitting there writing your stories. Um, has this always been your uh, your career of choice to be a writer or what inspired you to to start down this path? Um, yeah, always. And when I say always, I mean literally always. Like um, my first memory that I have of writing um was and i've corroborated this with other people who were there just in case i've made it up because i was so little um and they can confirm that it happened as i remember it so um i was two and it was christmas and i was around at my grand's house and i had my grandparents my aunts my cousins my sisters and my parents and they were all just piling around and i saw this robin in the garden um and i christened him robbie <laughs> so original i know <laughs> <laughs> and um he had a girlfriend called roberta also very original <laughs> and um, i sat in front and i commented my cousins who are quite a bit older than me i commented one of them to write the story down for me because i couldn't write them because i was two wow so i couldn't read and i couldn't write and i just told them the story i was like write this down quick and i also remember that when I did that, no one thought it was weird. 
Yeah. So I must have done it before. Like no one was like, "What?" They were like, "Oh, she she's off again." So I must have done it prior to that, and then ever since then, that's all I kept saying. People would be like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I want to be a writer, and then when I got to sort of like secondary, people were like, "Oh, she must have grown out of that now." What what real job do you want? I'm like, nah, I still want the same thing. Right. Oh, that's uh, yeah. It's like the only thing I'm good at, so it's kind of fortunate that those two things kind of converge. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the only thing I'm sort of any good at, really, making stuff up and writing it down. Um. So you know, it works out worked out well. But yeah, no, a really, really long time. Yeah. Easily as long as I can remember. Yeah. That is so cool. And that's an immense ta- talent. I mean, keeping that imagination going and being able to formulate the words on paper, like, <laughs> I'm, that's Thank a you. good talent. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm very pleased with it. You know, I'm happy to forego any other kind of um, ability in any other area just to have that. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. I think this is sounds really cheesy, but I kind of feel like it's when I'm supposed to do and uh, when all my friends were like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do when I grow up I was like I had the opposite problem I was like why do I have to sit in science lessons <laughs> I know exactly what I'm gonna do when I leave school it's just wasting time right <laughs> I could be writing I, I, was. I always did all my work at school even though I was like oh it could be writing chapters yeah staring at the sponsor burner waiting for it to catch well, there's nothing wrong with knowing what you want to do. That's that's really awesome. And loving what you and do. And loving what you do, yeah. yeah. And so yes. we're... I'm very lucky that I get to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're three sisters who love to read. We all have our different, like, styles that we love, different authors that we love. So I wanted to ask you, who are some of your favorite authors and how do they inspire you when you're writing? That's such another great question. And I, too, am one of three sisters. Um, and we all have we also love reading and we also have all have different very different um, tastes in books um it's really hard for me to pick some of my favorites because there's so many authors that i've loved uh but the ones that i come back to time and time again are cressida cowell who wrote the how to train your dragon books which inspired the dreamworks movies which what I love about her writing is it's so clever the way she does that she leaves like little breadcrumbs of a trail to for a 12 book series and it's so clever the way she puts the crumbs in but she also has a really light touch like you never get the sense with her that she's like look how many words I know look how clever I am (laughs) you know even though even though she is immensely clever and immensely skilled they kind of move along really fast and it's just fabulous and they have they're funny but they're emotional as well and it's just oh she's just marvelous and i just think she is brilliant and then in a kind of similar vein but i love him sort of for different reasons i love um neil gaiman because his his book he um writes kind of quite dark books a lot of the time um which I, I kind of admire when people go, oh, you can't go that dark if you're running for young people. And people go, yeah, I can, as long as I justify it. 
you know, he, he wrote Coraline, which is like one of the scariest books and films of all time. Uh, but when he's writing, his writing is kind of lyrical and you kind of, I can like see him like planning it all out. So it's a very different style than Crusty Gals, but I just, I love them both equally. And I think they're both brilliant. And um, one of the best moments of my life, in fact, one of the two best moments of my life was when I became Twitter friends with Cressida Cowell Ooh. when I first started out. <laughs> Um, and when I met Neil Gaiman for the first and so far only time um, in the back of a um, we'd done a talk and I happened to be sitting next to his editor and I was like gushing to her about how much I loved his work she's like would you like to come and say hi I was like yes that was (laughs) all of my I was like 14 I was like I was like and I kind of lost the ability to speak like (laughs) okay so she was like "Come, come through here so yeah no, they're brilliant. But I mean, there are so many other amazing authors, but th- those two are the ones, they're kind of like my emotional support authors. <laughs> I cling to them no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Tough, yeah, tough competition, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're great. <laughs> um, with that, um, kind of on topic, I guess, with that is, um, you mentioned how there are different writing styles and they, you know, drop those little breadcrumbs or, um, you know, just the approach to it is different from author to author. So I'm curious to know what's your approach to to your writing style. And I know you mentioned, you know, you play a lot of cards close to your chest so that you can kind of release those little tidbits as your book series goes on. But like, I guess what I'm wondering is, do you have the big picture already all planned out? Or are you kind of letting your creativity flow as you continue on with the series? It's another great question. Um, it's kind of a mix. Of the, like, I have the broad picture. So, like, when I started, when I wrote the first book, I was 12. And I had no plan and no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to do this now because I've like, I've waited for however long, 10 years, if we take that Robin story as the starting point. So I'm like, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm just going to do this. And it kind of miraculously turned into a book. <laughs> uh, but, but since then, I do tend to plan more, especially because um, as the series kind of goes on, and I think particularly between the first and second book, things get more complicated um, in, I hope, still a very readable way. But my worst thing as a reader, my worst pet peeve is if there's a thread somewhere that the author has clearly forgotten about and it's just sort of been left to the side. Right. It drives me mad, although I completely understand why that could happen because you've got so many threads going on. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm, like, determined that I'm going to tie them all up. The problem occurs when um, my characters in my head will go off plan at, like, a moment's notice, and they'll be like, "Now nah, we're not doing that, we're going to do this instead. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys, play ball, please. I planned this for six months. And I'm like, nah, like, it's just happened to me now. Like, I've just written a chapter. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That works. And then I just hear this voice in the back of my head. Nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys, play ball. Like, I will drive you off a cliff. Yeah. Don't think I won't. <laughs> you know, I will 
cause more pain and suffering and misery. And they're like, yeah, you do that anyway, though, whether we behave or not. So, <laughs> And they're right, you know, that um, I'm blaming it on people that don't exist, but I'm hoping that the readers in your audience will get this. I'm like, yeah, okay, guys, fine. I'll just throw my hands up and be like, okay. So I have the broad picture, but... um. Yeah, they're quite troublesome, some of them. I love it. I think that makes it more real, makes the characters dynamic, because um, that's like real life, right? You you can't plot out all of uh, how you would react to something. So as you're writing your story, maybe maybe they do go off track to something that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they stopped, like, I would get worried. I would be like, I'm losing my touch. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I would get, like, angsty. So even though I get frustrated when I'm like, I've worked on this for three days, and now you're telling me you've done it wrong, guys. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Um, but a really great example of that, well, I thought it was horrible at the time, but now I think it's great, <laughs> is um, the very last sentence of Inside Out, the first book. Um, I had not planned to write. I planned to end just above that sentence. Oh. And then I just, I'm like, I just finish. And then I just hear this thing in my head going, put this in too. <laughs> like, like, why? Like, what does that mean? Like, it's a question. I'm like, why does, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand. So, but I didn't realize what the solution to that twist was until I was about four months into writing the second book. So I'm hoping wow. the readers won't see it coming either. I was like, I'm really trusting you here, guys. Like, don't screw me over, please. Right. Yeah, the book did end very ominously. So it does leave you yeah. hooked. Like, I got to get into the second book, find out what, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a better ending in the end of the day. And I feel like I can say that because I kind of feel like it wasn't me that did it, even though it was. But again, that's not like a rightly thing. I'm kind of like, oh, it's not my responsibility even though it absolutely is. <laughs> but I think being the sole responsibility for the whole thing can get to you sometimes. Yeah. So I think having them go, nah, they will put this instead. I'm like, what the hell, guys? And then I'm like, asking them questions, and they're silent. <laughs> I'm like, God, you can't just leave me like that. What the hell? What the hell are you guys doing to me? Uh, but yeah, I've known to have many arguments with myself, but... To the extent where people in my family will see me doing it and they just won't even like blink. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, she's <laughs> doing it again. Natalie. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, eh. well, kind of speaking of your family and your dedication, you talked about how your mom is um, one of the first people to read your books and how your dad actually saved this book. So, um, would you say that they're some of your biggest supporters? Yeah. I mean, um, Again, like, there's a lot of things that I think I'm lucky to have. Like, I'm lucky to have my job. I'm lucky to have my friend. I'm lucky to have my pet dog. I'm lucky to have my talent. But in particular, my mum, I think I'm just super lucky to have because my mum is, um, she's the kind of person who, um, whatever I said I wanted to do as a kid, she was like, oh, okay then, you can do that. Not like I want to run in front of a bus. <laughs> right. But like before I was before I could hold a pen, I was saying, I want to be a writer. She was like, cool, we can do that. <laughs> you know, she was like, sure, if that's what you want, like go for it. And she like really 
uh, stood up for me the whole way through. And like, my mum and me, we have a very close like relationship together because I have a disability. And growing up as a disabled child in Britain when I was a child, and I think probably still now, uh, sucks. Uh, we like to think we're great at like access and stuff, but we're not. We're like really bad at it. <laughs> um, so she had to fight a lot of like battle for me, and um, she she reads everything I write first, and she always wants to see it first, and she's always like, "This is amazing," Aww. and when I'm like. When I'm like, this is the worst thing that anyone's ever written ever. <laughs> she's like, which happens like at least ten times a book. She's like, no, it's great. Even if she'd not seen it at all, she's like, no, it's the best thing ever. I'm like, mum, you've literally not seen it. <laughs> and she's like, doesn't matter. I still know it's great. Uh, my dad is he is not as literary as my mum, so he has less interest in the actual. Um, physical presence of the books but my dad um did a huge favor for me when i wrote inside out because um i'd nearly finished this is the first book in the series i was 14 and i'd worked for two years straight and the memory stick that held the book got corrupted um, and i was heartbroken and i was you know devastated and my dad was like, I don't understand why it's so important to you, oh. but I know it is important to you, yeah. so I'm going to fix this. And he worked for like three weeks and retrieved it for me. Wow. <laughs> and ever since, ever since then, I've kept like six backups mm -hmm. on like different cloud moves, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> uh, you know, so my mum is the one, she's kind of always there cheering me on, and she's like the one that I know is always, like, proud of me and, like, always going into bat for me. And my dad finds that more difficult, but he picks his moments and he knows how to pick them. Yeah. And he picks really good moments to, like, step up. So, love yeah. you guys if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. I think it's it's awesome and very important to have a good support system when it, with anything that you do. So that's, that's great to hear that you do have that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of um, people who have read the book will maybe be relieved about that too because um, none of the parents in the Inside series are particular exemplars of this is how you're a good parent. Um, right. And um, I think a couple of people sort of, um, when they write the reviews for the book, they're like, I'm really concerned about the lack of... Um, Adult, for want of a better word, the lack of adult supervision going on. <laughs> yeah, the adults are kind of rubbish. And, like, I've known adults like that, yeah. uh, but my parents are not like that. But I know very well what it is like to be sort of under the thumb of adults like that. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people will be surprised when I'm like, oh, yeah, my parents are great. They're like, really? <laughs> like, they think I've got issues, but um, I haven't. I mean, I have issues, but not parental ones. Right. So. <laughs> Use info, well, well, I did have another question about your book. So um, did you have a real world inspiration for the divide between the insiders and the outsiders? Like, f f I guess, what inspired you to to go down that, that 
story. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's a good great, way to phrase another it. Another great question. So, I keep saying that, but it's true. They really are all great questions. Um, I think a lot of different things. Like when I started writing it, I was like 12 and I just kind of, I just started to get like interested in like politics. And I was like, this is so weird. Like they're so opposed to each other, but they are both absolutely convinced that they're right. Right. Even though they're like completely diametrically opposed to each other. And that kind of interested me. Um, and also, uh, I've kind of touched on what I grew up just, or I am disabled. <laughs> I say I grew up disabled as if I'm like magically cured now. Which I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But um, I grew up, when I was growing up and I was disabled, um, in my family, nobody treated me any differently. So like my mum, my dad, my sisters, my cousins, my grandparents, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just me in this family. You know, and like my mum and dad would be like, Natalie Rose. And I'd be like, oh, God, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't like cut me sort of, they wouldn't like treat me special. Like I wasn't like a bubble wrap child. Right. Um, but when I went to um, elementary school, it became very different. And uh, lots of people picked on me, um, mostly kids and also sometimes adults. And I was like, I don't understand why this is. I don't understand what what's different. And then I realized, you know, people are treating me different because I've got this disability. And it hadn't happened to me before. So I was like, hmm, I sort of don't know how to sort of deal with this. And it got quite bad. And then this one day I remember, I was about nine, and my one of my friends had painted a picture of me um, the day before in an art, and it was like a really... She made me look much prettier than I am in real life. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, it's a really nice picture and all that. And then the next day, I saw it on the wall in the corridor um, to reception. So not even in the classroom, like in the place that everyone walks past. Right. And it had next to um, one of the school rules, which was... Um, we pledge to help the needy and those less fortunate than us. Oh, my goodness. And they'd stolen my friend's picture. And I and I was like, oh, I'm a them. I'm a less fortunate, right? I'm not an us. So I was like, so none of these other rules, like we help each other and none of those apply to me because I'm not an us. I'm a them. So I don't belong in this, like, school community. Wow. Um, and I was really upset by it. And I went to the headmaster and I knocked on the door, which you were never allowed to do. But I was like, you know, I was, like, really sad. And he could not understand. And I think probably still now could not understand why I was so upset. Mm. He was like, we're saying we help you. And I'm like, you've also called me needy, less fortunate, right. and not one of us. But those things didn't matter to him. He was like, but we help the disabled, aren't we good? Go us. Um, and I had to walk past that every day for like a year. They kept it and up. It kind of, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I would like, be like, I really hate this and I really want it to go away and please get rid of it. And they kept saying, oh yeah, we will, we will, we will. And uh, 
Yeah, they didn't. Mm. Um, and I think by that point, I was like, oh, okay. I'm a them. I'm not an us. I'm a definite them. And what am I going to do with, like, it kind of it made me sort of angry, but it also made me sad. And what I'd always done if I was angry or sad is I'd written about it. So I was like, okay, this sucks, but it's all right because I can write about it later. Yeah. And I can make it make sense in my head. Um, and I kind of stuck with that for my whole life. Like when I went to um, high school, I, um, in a way that's kind of the reverse of what a lot of people experience, I had a great time in high school because I left behind all of my middle school bullies and uh, people and I got my own, like, they called us the posse at school because there were so many of us and you never saw one of us without the rest. Of, there was like 15 of us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> half the playground, not in an aggressive way, but there was just so many of us that no one else could like, get past. I was like, I'm an ass. I'm not a them. Oh. And I got really excited about it. And I was like, same to my friends, I'm an ass. And they were like, Nat, you're a nut. That's what you are. <laughs> what you just said makes sense. <laughs> and I was like, it does, it does make sense. You don't understand. Right. I'm not a freak. <laughs> like, no, you're definitely still one of them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's, there's that. You know, but I'm like, but I'm not a freak because of this. And they were like, oh, no, you're just, you're just weird. You're just odd. But that's fine because that's why we love you. <laughs> Like they like you talk to yourself, you do all these weird this weird stuff. I was like, but I'm an ass And they're like, Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> even now I don't think they even understand like I still message them sometimes and I don't think they understand what that was to me because it never happened to me before. Right. You know, I'd had I'd had friends for like little periods, but it really if you were friends with me in elementary school, you got picked on too. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had friends for like really brief periods and then they stopped being my friends. So the whole like five years I was waiting, for, I was like, when are you guys going to stop being my friends? Oh, and they were like, wow. um, we're not going to stop being your friends. I was like, maybe you are, but just it's a matter of when. And they were like, no, we're honestly not going to stop being your friends. And um, they didn't, so yeah. But no, that's my very long-winded answer. Like my entire life, kind of is. You kind of I live in a world that isn't built for people like me. You know, like all the shop counters are too high, and things like that. So I kind of I know what the oh that's one of them. It's like, right. uh, but I also know what the us thing is like, which I didn't know when I started. I've not really been an us before. I mean, I've had my family, and like my twin sister in particular is a badass. So she saw people picking on me. Where are they? I'm gonna sort them out. She's tiny. She's like five foot one. But oh my god, she's terrifying. <laughs> but you don't, you don't want to be on the wrong side of it. Like, Where are they? Show me them, and I will sort them out for you. And um. But, you know, like, so I guess, yeah, that's a really long-winded way of saying, but prejudice and things like that, they are not kind of, to me, they're not academic subjects. They're, like, real, proper things. Yeah. Um, this is rubbish. This sucks. 
and I guess this is like a protest for me. I'm like, this is like, um, I don't actually know what my old elementary school headmaster would think if he read the book. I do wonder if he'll like remember that poster and be like, uh, that was a mistake. Right. I'm not, I'm not sure, yeah, but it yeah. kind of makes me feel better. Anyway, I kind of feel like I'm writing from a place of, I know what this is like. So I kind of feel like I know what I'm talking about a bit, which yeah. I don't often feel in a lot of context. Most of the time I'm like, I'm making it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it's been a great outlet for, for that to, yeah. you know, just you can, after you've said all of that, you can really see that coming through in your words of the book. Um, just, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. and really cool. sorry you. you had to go through that and you, continue have to go through that but from the moment you came on you can just tell that you have such a bright happy energy that's really contagious and and very inspiring so thank you for opening up oh, thank you thank you that's very very kind of you thank you very much um i guess i have another question i we i feel like we have a ton of questions but <laughs> Um, Fire away. Like, if, as long as you guys are happy, I'm happy to stay here all night. <laughs> well, I don't want oh, you to have to reveal any of your cards that you're still holding to your chest. But um, if it's a if it's a question you're able to answer, um, what time frame are you envisioning you, this universe to be set in? Um, because I know in the book you mentioned, I can't remember which character said it, uh, but I know Zach said that he's very much into history and in the old world the government had individual buildings for their government and in this universe the inside they just have um the prime minister house that they do all the business out of so which is a really yeah. bad idea guys like yeah. if i ran a country like, i'd be like this is such a bad idea but i was like but the drama yeah so like, yeah <laughs> So is it set in like a parallel universe to our time now or is it set in the future? Like what's the the setting there? Again, that's a really good question and it is something that gets kind of um, probed a bit later on. But I kind of see it as in the future but not very far ahead. Okay. So like a little bit. But it might be, you know, I guess it might be better articulated as like, where we are now, and it just went slightly wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going wrong. Like, it was quite scary, actually, because when I wrote that, I was like, oh, this is a dystopia. And then all the stuff that was happening in the book started happening in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, people were like, let's build a wall around these people. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what have I done? And, like, not just in America. Like, in my country, in England, we had... Uh, Prime Minister get in, he was so thick, he made me resent every minute I'd spent saying to myself, no, I can't make my Prime Minister character that stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> I, need to, I need to make him have, like, a little bit of, like, otherwise where would he have got where he is? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, like, for a while, I was like, oh, my God, do I, what do we do? Because, like, up to now, I've been saying this is dystopia and sci-fi, and now it's, like, contemporary. It's <laughs> I don't real. know what to do. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, I can kind of see it happening so kind of fast. And, um, but, yeah, it's something that gets pro. But, yeah, it's a little, it's not as far away 
from our time as some people, including me, would like to think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry about that, everyone. Well, awesome. I love it. Well, do you guys have any other questions? Um, I just, where can people pick up these books? Another great and very helpful question. Um, they're available from most places, so you can order them from most places online, Amazon, Bonds and Noble, etc. Um, and also, if you go into a brick and mortar bookshop, which remain my favourite kinds of bookshop, yes, um, you can you can um, order your copies in there. Um, if you have more patience and you can wait just a little while longer, <laughs> because you know with with one thing and another covid and the stupidness of my government being like hey let's disconnect from the rest of the universe for no reason other than we think we're great <laughs> uh yeah but that's that's another topic entirely but yeah so you can basically find them anywhere you like and if you have um uh, any difficulties in reading if you're visually impaired or you have a learning disability such as dyslexia um, the first book, Inside Out, is available in audio format, um, and the second book, Family Ties, will be arriving in audio format as soon as I can get that produced and sorted out. I'm working on it really hard. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. And uh, where can we find you on social media so that we can stay up to date on all the Inside Series updates? reminded me i need to put some updates i haven't updated for a while <laughs> i need to update um, thanks for the reminder uh, you can find me at natalie hibbard on twitter at natalie hibbard on facebook at natalie hibbard author on instagram just to confuse things <laughs> and at nataliehibbardauthor.co.uk um is my website where you, there's a like a little uh, contact form and if you have a burning question you can send it to me and I love hearing from readers so if you guys or any of your lovely listeners read the books and you enjoy it or you don't but you know I'm, I'm hoping that you do <laughs> so if you enjoy it or you don't like feel free to reach out to me and um, chat to me about it because when I get stuff like that from readers it's like my favorite thing Oh. Even more than the royalties. Yeah. <laughs> With the thing I love most. <laughs> so, yeah, come and join in the crazy fun. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. It's been so great having you on uh, this episode. You are awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Alyssa said it beautifully <laughs> that you do just have this really great energy about you, uh, very positive and uh, inspiring uh, with uh with your writing and with your life and we just so appreciate the time that you've taken today to talk with us oh thank you so much and right back at you guys like i love the positive energy you guys have together and i'm amazed that you three can work together so successfully because i have i'm one of three sisters and if we tried to run a podcast together it would not go this way <laughs> so i'm in awe of that and i'm in awe of you guys as people Oh. Um, so thank you so much for having me. I really, I, I cannot believe I'm on this podcast because I love it so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am very, very happy that you had had me on the podcast, and I really appreciate all of the extra work you guys are putting because of the time difference and everything. Uh, you guys are amazing.
and thank you so much for your questions i love your questions thank they're my favorite <laughs> well back to you <laughs> some, of them, some of them i've been waiting for so long like i said earlier in the episode i'm waiting so long for someone to care about that enough yeah well i just gotta say i'm gonna wait for your friend to make a wild one's like album so that we can yeah, put some music to the <laughs> yeah i'm gonna I'm, lit- I'm gonna message him like right now just like I've just had a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you now need to facilitate it for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be that would be so fun. I would genuinely love to do that. And uh, as I say, I will do anything to keep living in this world for yeah. as long as I can. So albums, spin offs, any suggestions <laughs> at all, send them my way. And I will just I love Keep it. Keep me busy for the next hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would love to have you back um, as you know as you continue releasing books. So hopefully, um, this isn't the last that uh, that will will have you here. Oh, that would be amazing, especially because, like, as I say, some of the answers to your questions are like hidden in future books. So I'd love to know if you think I live up to the questions. <laughs> if the answers live up yeah. to the questions. <laughs> like that makes me very excited so i'd love to come back i really would love it well awesome well thank you again natalie and um thank you uh listeners for for listening into this special episode we'll see you next time thank you so much for having me (laughs) bye bye Thank you for listening to Books Between Sisters. If you are a book lover and enjoyed our discussion, we'd love to hear more from you. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or both at BBS underscore pod. You can also send us book suggestions or questions at booksbetweensisterspod at gmail.com. Or if you'd like, you can find us on ko-fi.com forward slash BBS podcast if you want us to buy us any coffee, books, or just donations of any kind.